Greetings to everyone present here. Acharya Prashant is a reward teacher and philosopher, re-owned for his wisdom and compassion. He has guided millions on the path of self-knowledge and liberation. A best-selling author of over 100 books, Acharya Prashant is an alumnus of IIT Delhi and I am Ahmedabad and a formal civil services officer. Once an all-ender topper of CAT examination, he is now one of the most followed wisdom teachers in the world with 17 million plus followers across all social media. His teachings place a strong emphasis on the self-awareness and with his practical approach and compassionate nature, Acharya Prashant inspires individuals to lead a more authentic life and make a positive impact in this world. It gives us immense pleasure to host Acharya Prashant. We thank you, sir, for accepting our invitation and welcome you to interact with the community of IIT Kanpur. Most welcome. We now pass on the stage to members of Prashant Advait Foundation to take this session forward. Namaste, Acharya ji. My name is Imanshi Singh and I am a Prime Minister Research Fellow in IIT Kanpur in my second year right now. I have a question about self-doubt and self-criticism. I find myself at a very good place. I don't have any complaints, but yet when there are new opportunities or new things are there, either I don't do it because I believe that I won't be able to do it. Or if I do it, my self-criticism overpowers me and says that you are not good enough and you won't be whatever you have done. It is mere just for the sake of doing it. You haven't excelled in it. So how to live with this or counter the self-criticism and self-doubt? Thank you. Self-criticism and uh, self-doubt, both are okay as long as they are just uh, factually seen. It is one thing to see two as two and three as three. And it is another thing to look at these very comparatively. So two as two is just all right. Three as three, two is all right. But two compared to 500 becomes a matter of concern, rather uh, shame. You have to please see that uh, we all are just uh, processes. We all are uh, material configurations both in body and in mind and all material has its limits. First of all, the material configuration that we are is limited and secondly, it is constantly changing. It's just a process and it's changing 
as per its own rules. When you look at yourself not as uh, somebody, then it becomes easy to encounter the fact of uh, who you really are. When you start looking at yourself as if you are somebody, then things get personal. Then starts the game of the ego. The ego says, I ought to be at 500. How am I languishing at 2 or 3? And then several things may happen. One is, you become um, a bit ashamed of yourself or you start distorting the facts. If you are to see if you are to see 2 as 2 upon 500 it's not a pretty thing to look at. So either you stop looking at it, you turn your face away, or you distort the fact itself. You say 2 is not 2, 2 is 200. Hmm? That's what most people do. So it's far better to just see things as they are. And that's real self-criticism. To just factually see how things stand and to look at yourself as if you are not you. Look at yourself in a in an impersonal way. That's not me. That's just another stream. That's just another process in Prakriti. That's a constellation of stars. Hmm? That's the greenery of the meadows. That's the birds flying over there in a formation. That's not me. Just as everything else exists in the universe, this thing too exists in the universe. And you are not going to blame the puny grass for not being as tall as the mighty oak. The grass has its own existence and its own right and its own beauty. Are you getting it? What is real self-doubt then? Doubt must be with respect to the denominator. How have I started cultivating this imaginary 500? When it comes to that fraction, 2 by 500, doubt the denominator. The numerator is the fact. From where has the denominator arisen? Who told you that you must be 500? Who told you that you are 500 and only accidentally? Have you been able to perform up to two or three levels this particular time? From where has this 500 arisen? 
classically that's the fundamental fallacy that the ego wants to cultivate hmm? i am not a thing in prakriti rather i am perfection itself that's what the ego wants to declare hmm? 500 here we are using as a symbol of perfection a large number any large number 500 1000 2000 anything much larger than 2 or 3 from where has the ego developed this idea and is there any substance to this idea what authority do we have to assume or to demand or to desire that we must be 500 given the way we are Two is two, and two is the fact of life. Who authorized us to assume and desire that five hundred is our reality? No, that's not a self-belittling thought. That's the direct and factual way of looking at everything, including oneself. i look at the grass as the grass and i look at the oak as the oak without needlessly demanding that the grass must be oak when there is a passive observation factual honest non demanding non desirous then the grass gets to be greener then the grass gets to display all that it really has and those who have known life have said that if you allow the grass to really be what it is then there is something far greater than 500 not in the grass but in the observer of the grass the grass will continue to be grass but if you can with detachment in an impersonal way without letting the ego be involved just let the grass be there is a greatness that far exceeds any 500 and a beauty but that beauty will be lost and all that you will have is uh, delusions disappointments and to top it all a falseness if you keep keep being very very demanding of yourself see all that i am not saying all that i am saying is not intended to convince you uh, that uh, that betterment is not possible that littleness is our destiny what i am trying to say is greatness does not lie in asking the grass to be the oak 
Greatness lies in seeing the grass as the grass and the oak as the oak. And there is a lot within you. That is the grass, that is the oak. Let it function in its own way. In that lies your greatness. You must be the detached observer of your body, of your mind, of your thoughts, your feelings, of your natural talents. You must see where they stand. And not much can be done to change those things. What, however, must be changed is your position with respect to those things. There is no need to get entangled with them. Knowing something is one thing. Getting entangled with that thing is just another matter. Self-knowledge is possible only if you do not get personal about yourself. You will never get to know yourself if you place demands upon yourself. Relieve yourself of the demands you place on yourself. Just see how you function and you will find that a lot of problems in your internal functioning are getting automatically corrected. Are you getting it? Greatness does not lie in asking this this prakritic machine to perform till infinite levels of productivity or achievement. This is a limited machine. Even the oak does not have infinite height. It will never be able to do anything beyond a point. You will always have reasons for disappointment. Especially if the mind works in a comparative way. 2 upon 500 is bad. 500 upon 5 million is worse. So, you look at how your system works. And if you can relieve your system of your expectations, you find that your system starts working beyond your expectations. If you can just spare life of your demands and your plans, then life is able to display a beauty to you that's beyond your imagination, demands and planning. Are you getting it? So, as we said, doubt the denominator. Ask the ego, where are your ambitions coming from? And why must I bear the brunt of your burning ambitions? The ego might desire that you must be seven feet tall. 
now if you push yourself to achieve that that would be a lifelong project doomed to just keep failing from where are you getting all these desires do they have any base in the fact are you even able to see how the body and mind are interlinked and where do all our thoughts and emotions come from so when you have a target in mind when an instinct rises with great force and starts presenting itself as just the right thing to do that's when you must be doubtful that's the right role of doubt in life a thought arises and when a thought arises with all its might it does not leave any room for doubt or skepticism hmm or think of feelings when you are angry or instinctive or impulsive or any other feeling just see what it does does the feeling say kindly investigate me before you follow me no the feeling says i am the truth just follow me that's when you must be doubtful from where is this coming how am i obliged to follow it right and, and that can be known only when you look at the whole thing impersonally look at this somebody but not as somebody hmm? i'm just looking at how my apparatus functions and then you can initiate new projects and go a certain distance and then you do not look at what is happening in terms of success or failure then the criteria rather is beauty versus ugliness did this happen in a smooth way was there music in it then it's not about the dashboard was i able to reach at least till 494 can i claim to others and myself that i am not too distant from 500 no then that does not remain the criteria anymore i often point to people not once does krishna assure arjun in the bhagavad gita that he will be victorious victory is not the point at all 500 or 490 or 470 it it's about seeing the situation as it is and doing the right thing and after whatever happens is all right the the denominator is the result we run after don't run after results pour yourself fully into what is right and then let things be prakriti has her own way hmm? and if i dare say intelligence
she, she knows a few things. In fact, a few of her secrets are unknown to us. She knows much more than we do. Right? So, so with respect, with love and with detachment, just see how things are. Enter into an action but without a denominator. I am doing this because it is worth doing. I will not assess myself on how much have I achieved. I would rather assess myself on whether what I did was worth doing. After that it's 2, 3, 8, 7 or 501. It's all the same. It was good, it was great, it was joyful, it needed to be done. It was the right thing. I got into it. And when I was getting into it, I could, I could see, I could impartially, neutrally see how there is a lot within me that conspire against the right thing by raising expectations. You know, that's, that's uh, a sure shot way to avoid the right. Start expecting results from it. Start thinking of the future. Ask yourself, if I, even if I do the right thing, what am I going to get out of it? And the moment you entertain these thoughts, the right one loses its rightness. Hmm? So, I do what is right, and then two, three, eight, ten, um, fine, all that is okay. Let grass be grass, let oak be oak. Huh? The aunt gets into water, it wants to swim. And then there is the swan, and there is also the crocodile. And then there are the fish, and there are the buffaloes also. They all swim. And they all have their respective ways of swimming. And their speeds and what not. What is important is, I needed to get into water and I didn't avoid the water. After that, if I am a swan, if, if Prakriti has made me like a swan, I, I'll, I'll swim like a swan. If I am a crocodile, so be it. The thing is, I needed to jump into it. And there was a lot within me that was agitating. No, 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 don't take the leap. I said, no. It needs to be done, I'll do it. And after that, everybody said, oh, so awkward do you look? See, you, you have no felicity. You don't swim smoothly like that fish. I said, so what? <laughs> uh, this is what needed to be done. And I have done it. And after that, it's my prakritic composition. There are so many of them that swim so smoothly. My body and, and my composition does not allow me to be that smooth or fast in water. Hmm? To them, 
500 is just normal. To me, it's 2 or 5 or whatever. But where I have scored 100% is that I needed to do it and I did it. I didn't shy away just because I knew that I wouldn't be the top performer. What's the point in being the top performer on the land when it's the waters where you really need to be? Do you understand this? You might be a gifted runner on the land. And it's just a gift. It's a gift from Prakriti. And you might be an awkward swimmer in the waters. But if the waters are where you need to be, then be there irrespective of the result. Does not matter. You are doing the right thing and that's okay. Hmm? So, criticize not your performance, but your tendency to not to do the right thing. Criticize not your inability to get the right results, but your inability to do the right thing. Do you get the difference? If you need it to be in the water, one way of criticism is, Oh, I couldn't swim as fast as the others do. That's, that's not to be minded. Ignore that. A bigger failure is to keep being safe and dry on the ground when it's the waters where you need to be. And, if, and it's possible that on the ground you're a champion, a top performer, and a lot of people do that. They say, we'll belong to areas where we can perform. Hmm? They say, we'll choose a job based on our strengths. Because that's where we'll be the top performers. No. Does not matter what your level of performance is. What matters is whether you are at the right place. Be at the right place. Be at the right place. And in that right place, you will find your right little niche. Hmm? The right place is like a great garden. Huh? The, the grass has as much of its right and beauty in a great garden as, the, as does the oak. Ever seen a garden that only has oaks and no grass? If the grass starts saying, oh, if I go to the garden, I'll be overshadowed by the oak. Then the grass will say, i rather belong to some other place. No, 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 no. What you have is Prakriti. What you choose is who you are. If you are not gifted in one particular direction, that's not at all your fault. But if you do not choose the right things in life, then that's your fault. How does one choose the right thing in life? See, what is it that gives you freedom? What is it that gives you an inner coolness?
you realize it's this is the the right job the right place the right direction even if you're not performing greatly even if the results are not awesome you know because in that environment you start seeing things a bit more clearly you're not being violent you're relieving yourself of expectations and you're not burdening others with violent expectations your relationship with others is of a nature that redeems them so you start seeing those things there is a gentle love and that's what you need to do unmindful of the results has this gone too abstract i'm i'm always afraid of that so uh, i have a very small follow up so acknowledging who i am what i am and what are my limits and capabilities if i put myself in a situation where for example because i'm not the only one who is here in a particular situation i have the influence of others also around me irrespective of irrespective of me uh separating myself from the surrounding or the circumstances or the situation in which i am i often feel alone that i want to keep my peace so i will do what is my job because nothing else matters because it's a professional place for example if we take example of it then due to this what happen is my ability to perform what i was supposed to declines just because i'm feeling lonely or say alone that i am the only one who's doing this and even this is not giving the results which at least fulfill it that okay irrespective of that i'm alone and i don't have things it's all right but then the result can compensate for it but even that is not happening no the result will never compensate for the loneliness in fact the result the the thirst for the result is much the same as uh, loneliness what will compensate for the loneliness is the process of working not the result of the work if you are thoroughly immersed in what you are doing these two things you will not have space to bother for a whether there are others with me b what will be the result of this work when you are thoroughly immersed in what you are doing these two things you fortunately get rid of that's that's the blessing the reward of choosing to immerse yourself into the right work we said a loneliness disappears because you are fully stuffed hmm you are you are marinated like a sponge in water you are totally full 
there is no room left anywhere inside you to experience loneliness so loneliness is gone b because it's the work that matters to you so concern for result is gone and these two are problems that plague entire humanity so think of the relief think of the reward the blessing those who can choose the right work and give themselves fully to it are blessed with relief from the two major evils that plague all humanity such a fantastic reward hmm? you look around people are lonely and then they fill themselves up with all kinds of rubbish but mindless expense of money entertainment relationships intoxicants ideologies dreams there's so much that we do just to somehow get rid of loneliness think of what kind of extreme blessing is it to not have that loneliness you will be grateful and then concern for the future this is something that i am doing today what will i get out of it in the future that's the engine of most people and that's what keeps them tense worried right a because your expectations seldom materialize b because even if they materialize they do not give you what you wanted from them huh? so so just give yourself fully to the right thing does not matter how you are performing at it we are, we are not talking of becoming world beaters here liberation is not about being supremely competitive and being better than everybody else a lot of people take liberation too as a race hmm? there are a lot of people around they say oh i'll be the first one to be enlightened no how greatly you will perform is not in your hands but what's in your hands is to give yourself fully think of the mythical squirrel in the ramayan what can the poor thing do hmm so she is shown to be carrying just a few particles of sand or something the bridge is being constructed she does not have it in her to contribute beyond a point but still her legend has been immortalized why because she was doing the right thing do the right thing and don't compare your performance levels being a squirrel with those of a bear or an elephant or some other mighty 
animal. If you are a squirrel, you are a squirrel. Hmm? No need to judge yourself on what talents you have. What life has given you. If there ought to be a judgment, there can be only one criteria. Did I make the right choices? Was I true to my love? One, did I have the wisdom to love the right one? Two, did I have the courage and the fidelity to stand true to my love? You will be judged only on this. Not on your performance or achievement levels. 